Welcome to the Mount Zion Wesleyan Church Podcast. We hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and inspires you to step into the life God has for you. For more information about our church, visit us online at mountzionwesleyan.com. Welcome, church. You can grab a seat. Well, hey, welcome to the first service of 2022. We want to welcome all of those that are joining us online this morning. Maybe you're not feeling well, or maybe you are out of the town. We want you to know that you are loved and that you are valued and that you are welcome in this place. This morning, I want us to take a look backwards which usually we don't do, but I think that I would be behooved to tell you that there are lessons to be gained and lessons to be learned by looking back over what we have just gone through, what we have come through. There's great lessons that I believe God would have for us this day. And the question that we're gonna wrestle down this morning is how do we navigate constantly changing plans. If you're like me, at 2021, we started that season, that year with plans, with hopes, with dreams. But life had a way of constantly disrupting those plans. So what do we do? What can we learn from a year of constant disruption. What has 2021 taught us? If you have your Bibles, if you will join me in James chapter one, we're gonna read verses one through eight. James, as you know, he is the half-brother of Jesus. Galatians chapter two tells us that James is a pillar of the church. And James was an individual, was a man who learned a lot from having his plans constantly disrupted. And I think that he will lean into you and I this morning with some help and provide some hope. So James chapter one, beginning in verse one, hear the words of the Lord. James, a servant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when your plans come to fruition, when things don't get in the way, when no roadblocks present themselves, when how you saw things happening or exactly how things happened, consider it a pure joy. That's not what James has to say. He says, consider it a pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. 
But when you ask for wisdom, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person who asks and doubts is double-minded and is unstable in all they do. What James would lean into you and I this morning, what his words that were inspired by the working of the Holy Spirit that manifested themselves through paper and pen, what James is telling us today, trials train your faith if you choose to learn. And it is not my choice for you. It is not James's choice for you to learn from the trials that test our faith. It is your choice and your choice alone. So what do we choose to learn from a year spent in which our plans were constantly rearranged and disrupted? Maybe a better way of getting at this question is as you reflect and ruminate and think about 2021, what shaped you? What informed you? What influenced you? What molded you? And what James is telling us are the trials that oftentimes we pray that we could avoid, that we pray that God would relinquish or free us from, it is actually those trials that God uses to transform us, to mold us, to shape us in better images of what it means to live and to love and to lead like Christ Jesus. What James is saying is if you wanna step into the life that God has for you, you cannot step into that life apart from enduring and experiencing trials. Those trials, they have a tendency to do something in us, to form us, to shape us. So I want you to lean in this morning to some lessons that I learned in 2021. As I reflected, as I took an inventory of my physical, of my spiritual, of my relational, and of my emotional health. And this is what I believe. I don't believe that I'm alone. I believe some of the lessons that God revealed to me are some of the lessons that you experienced as well. And the question that we have to ask is, how are these realities shaping us and how did they shape us? Lesson number one, Faith leaks, so you have to fill it. If you don't understand this, when you experience seasons of doubt, of frustration, where you're looking around and you're wringing your hands and you're asking God, where are you? I can't see you in this mess or in this situation. You will begin to think that there's something wrong with you. And what is wrong with you is that you're human. It is very natural and it is something that is unavoidable, but we can do something about it. 
When I was a kid, I loved water balloons. I have a kid at home named Ava, and she has a conviction that it is not a party unless balloons are present. And we've had to press pause on family parties because we forgot the balloons and we had to go get the balloons and bring them home and hang them from the chair and fly them in this special place before the party could take place because balloons, they're important. Now, if you're like me, you would walk by a balloon that was fully inflated with helium or with air and after a couple days, it began to sag, it began to slump, it began to not fly and float as high as it once was, and you began to ask the question, what's wrong with that balloon? Is someone letting the air out? This is before you take science and you learn about the molecular structure. The air is transferring in and out, but the air that is transferring out because of the environmental pressure is actually greater than the air that is transferring in, so therefore it begins to what? Deflate. Reminds me of our faith. You see, you and I will experience situations and circumstances. We'll come in and we'll sing a song that speaks to our spirit and it what? <laughs> Begins to grow our faith. We have 38 individuals right now driving on 85, heading to Passion down in Atlanta, Georgia. They're gonna gather with tens of thousands of other like-minded individuals for the purpose of glorifying God, and when they return, their faith would have, it will have grown, it will have inflated. We get the promotion, our relationship that was broken, it is restored, and our faith grows. But over time, you live enough life Things begin to happen. Plans begin to change. They begin to become rearranged. And someone breaks your heart. Or you lose your job. Or you get a cold or you get COVID. Or COVID again. <laughs> and over time, you live enough life. Enough plans are changed and rearranged and your faith begins to deflate. And we have the choice, the responsibility, the purpose of constantly feeding our faith. Do you know why I believe our faith begins to deflate? It is because we forget the promises of God. And if we can claim the promises of God when we are experiencing trials, when we are experiencing frustrations, then instead of deflating, I actually think that we can increase our faith. What are the promises of God? I'm glad you asked. Joshua chapter one, verse five tells us this. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you've been, no matter the brokenness, no matter what he, no matter what she, no matter what they, God says, I am with you. I'll never leave you. Psalm 118 to David, 
God promises. He reminds David when hard pressed, does anyone feel that they have went through a season, a year of pressing? When hard pressed, I cried out to the Lord and he brought me into a spacious place. For the Lord is with me, and I therefore will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? To all mankind, we just celebrated Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. This is his promise to you and to I. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God. God is with us. He's with you right now. When the disciples were experiencing trials and seasons of difficulty, when they were experiencing doubt and persecution, and Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will draw near, John 14, verse 8. Then once again in Matthew 28, verse 20 to the disciples, I am with you always to the very end of the age. To the church, to you and I in Hebrews chapter 13, beginning in verse five, reading through six, this is his promise. Keep your lives free from the love of money and the covenant life. God said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence that the Lord is my help. I will not be afraid. And then quoting Psalm 118, what can mere mortals ever do to me? These are our promises. This is what God reminds us of. Therefore, when we face trials, when you feel all alone, when you feel like your plans are constantly being disrupted, what do you do? You claim the promises of God. Where is God? Right here. He is with me. He did not abandon me in my time of need. He did not abandon me in my trial. There is no mountain too high, no sea too deep, no valley too vast that God's presence doesn't meet with me. He is with you. He is with you. Lesson number two, nobody drifts uphill, so correct drift. Many of us over this season, we would have to admit, we'd have to take a hard look in the mirror and we would say that we have actually formed some bad habits. Nobody, in other words, has sat on the couch for the last three months eating a bag of Doritos, looked in the mirror and said, I have never been more toned, never been more fit. No one drives uphill naturally. Many of you have put on hold the dreams and the hopes that God has gifted you, has given you, the vision that God has birthed in your heart and in your soul. You are waiting for all of your proverbial ducks to get in a row, are waiting for things to get better, or how many times have we heard this, waiting for the new normal? How many of you know the new normal 
It is subjective and it is constantly shifting. Everything worthwhile in your life, in my life, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, physically, they are all uphill and they all take hard work. And maybe what God has revealed to you after coming through a year like 2021 is that you have settled, you have become content, you are drifting, but you are not drifting uphill, you are drifting downhill. So as we take an inventory of our marriage, of our jobs, of our relationships, of our involvement at church, as we take an inventory of our dreams and the vision that God has given us, how are we doing? May we do the hard work of heart work. May we plead with God to reveal God-given purpose, dreams, and values in our heart and in our lives. And may we be responsible and do the hard work of heart work, being good stewards of our time, our talent, our treasure, and our tongue so that we can advance the gospel here on earth in all that we say and in all that we do. Lesson number three, everyone gets frustrated, so own your own frustration. Anybody experience a season, a year, a time, a moment of frustration over the last year? Boy, I have. There has been constant frustration in my life that has been observable by me and by the people that are closest to me. You see, when you mess with my plans or my dreams, or my ideals, I get upset, I get frustrated when my plans constantly become disrupted, you will find me in a state of frustration. But this is what I've learned, that it is easier to expect of others than it is to give of yourself. And I expect others to be perfect, all the while oftentimes giving myself a pass, simply explaining and excusing the way that I am behaving because it's not my fault. Things aren't supposed to be this way. This is not how I envisioned things looking or turning out. And when you experience this frustration and when you don't own it, patience become thin. And oftentimes what psychology refers to as displacement occurs in your life and my life. What is displacement? As a staff here at Mount Zion, we work incredibly hard leading up to Christmas. And then we come out of Chair City Christmas and we're all limping. We're all exhausted. And that's not an excuse. That's just simply explaining. The thing is that we go into Christmas Day and we're not refreshed. We're exhausted. We're limping. And then when my daughter unwraps a 4,500-piece desk, I'm sitting there. And I'm just as surprised as she is 
but her face is filled with joy. Mine is not. Why? Because my wife has very few expectations of me. She is generous and kind and loving. But during Christmas is the season that she says, man up. Put it together. I understand my limitations as a handyman, meaning it takes me longer to fix what I tear up trying to fix what I originally started to. So I'm not happy. I'm not excited. So what do I do? I lash out. I get angry. I get frustrated. But it's a passive way. It's a Christian way. I grow cold and distant and silent. Everybody knows there's something wrong, but no one knows what it is, even though they do. They're just expecting me to be mature enough to voice it, to express it, to use my big words. So, but that's not what I do. In leadership, we call this kicking the dog. It's downhill. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I've not managed my calendar, my time. I've not been responsible to spend time in prayer and scripture reading, taking an inventory of the dashboard of my life spiritually, emotionally, physically, and relationally. So I don't own that this is me. This is my problem. This is my frustration. I take it out on the people that I love the most. How about you? Over the last year, don't spend too much time beating yourself up about this, but are you placing on your spouse a frustration that theirs is not theirs to have? Are you putting expectations or laying frustration at the feet of your job, your employer, your boss, your employees that is not theirs? As a parent, are you taking it out, your frustration, out on your kids, out on your neighbor? Are you overreacting? I wish, I wish, I wish I was a perfect dad. I wish I was the ideal husband. I wish I was the perfect employer and employee. I wish I was the perfect neighbor, but I'm not. So what do we do when we realize the frustration, we own it, we take responsibility for our actions and we offer an apology when it's needed? Jessica, I'm sorry, it has nothing to do with you. I am tired, I have not managed my time, my calendar, my emotional and my physical strength well. And in this moment, I took it out on you and I took it out on the girls and I'm sorry. I've been a jerk, I've been a brat, I've been a spoiled little kid. It's that moment as a kid when you unwrap the gift and you see the red fire engine and it's shiny and it's like, oh, I'm content, I'm happy, this is the greatest gift ever. And then you see your cousin, they unwrapped an excavator. Man, if I had that. I had that, I'd be happy, I'd be content, that's mine. And then we say what? It's just not fair. We have to own our own emotional state. Lesson number four, take more walks. 
that the speed of relationships. One of the hidden treasures of COVID for me and for my family was that I had never spent more time walking around the neighborhood, holding my wife's hand, pushing the stroller with the kids, riding their bikes beside us. I had never spent more time gathered around a dinner room table, sharing a meal, never more time sitting on the floor, playing board games with my kids. It had a way of just making life slow down. But as we returned to the norm, the very thing that I wanted, life got busy. And the walk turned into a run, it turned into a sprint, it turned into frustration. Yesterday, January 1st, 78 degrees. I wasn't mad about it. We gathered the family together. We came to church and we rode bikes and I took the kids on a hike that they hated but I loved. We just slowed down. We pressed pause and it was good. Maybe during this season, what we can learn from a season of constant disruption where plans are constantly shifting is that instead of longing for what once was, we actually begin the hard work of creating a better and a more healthy and a more sustainable 2022. Take more walks. It's the pace of relationships. Number five, with increased pressure, increase your reliance on God. James, the brother of Jesus, grew up in the same home, under the same roof. He saw miracle after miracle. He did not come to believe that Jesus was the Messiah, the Christ, until after the resurrection. Because who wants to believe that their sibling is actually the Messiah, right? But yet James... He says this, even after all I saw and all I experienced, I still need trials to grow my faith. I still need perseverance in my life. Paul, the Apostle Paul, a hero in the faith, says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 through 9. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters about the troubles, the trials we experience in the providence of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. What Paul and what James would lean into you and I after experience a season of difficulty, of trial, of uncertainty, of constantly shifting and changing plans, go deeper. Go deeper in your faith. Go deeper in your reliance on God. When times are tough and when trials present themselves and when the pressure continues to increase, Lean more heavily on God and God alone, who is the sustainer of life. Lesson number six, 
None of us see the future, so pray for wisdom. James chapter one, verse five, if any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Joshua, upon being given by God through grace and through mercy, victory after victory, accomplishment after accomplishment, The Gibeonites, they presented themselves and they deceived him. They presented themselves as weary and worn out travelers who had no food to eat except for moldy bread and no water to drink. They prayed and they asked for mercy and for grace and for alliance. And Joshua chapter nine, verses 14 through 15 says this, the Israelites sampled their provisions but did not inquire of the Lord. And then Joshua made a treaty of peace with them to let them live. And the leaders of the assembled rallied and ratified it by an oath. What we see in Joshua is that it made head sense but they didn't seek God's provision. They didn't seek his wisdom. It looked good on paper, but they didn't pray for God's perfect will. They didn't pray for God's wisdom. And since they did not, they made an alliance with the enemy that have had centuries of ramifications, negative. In other words, pray. Scripture tells us if you need wisdom, all you have to do is ask and God will give it. Which leads us to lesson number seven. Maybe prayer isn't to get you to a breakthrough, but maybe prayer is actually the breakthrough. This morning, we have spent time reflecting on lessons learned from 2021. Next week, we're going to spend some time talking about what 2022 is going to look like with lessons applied. And then we're gonna enter into 21 days of prayer as a church. And I believe that God is going to use those three weeks of sermons as well as those resources that we provide to you, as well as the collaborative coming together of praying the same prayers and reading the same scriptures. I believe that God is going to use that in a powerful way to advance his kingdom and his purposes and his plans and to reveal his promises here, not only at Mount Zion and in Davidson County, but throughout the entire world. Go ahead and plan and commit to that 21 days. We're gonna be launching that in two weeks. We're so excited about that. But as you take some time this morning to reflect on lessons learned from 2021, don't rush through them. Don't avoid it. Don't just wish that it didn't exist. Instead, allow the trials and the brokenness. Allow it to grow your faith and your perseverance. And in doing so, you will become more like Christ. Church, I'm excited about the year ahead. I believe that God has beautiful plans. He's gonna use each and every one of us in a powerful way. I believe that more people are gonna come to know and love and follow Jesus than we've ever seen. And I believe that this happens through God's power and through 
our cooperation. Are you excited? Let's pray together. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your presence. And today, as we have been reminded of your presence, may we be faithful and good stewards of the reality that we live in. May we live not as victims, but may we instead live as victors. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love. Thank you for salvation. Father, if there's anyone within the sound of my voice that has yet to accept you as Lord, may today be the day that they surrender their life, that they give it to you, that they confess you as Lord and as Savior. And Father, we thank you for the hope that you will meet us, that you will save us, that you will free us, that you will claim us as your own. Father, as we close in worship, may you receive glory. It's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people say, Amen. Would you stand to your feet as we close in worship this morning? Thanks for listening to the Mount Zion Wesleyan Church podcast. We hope this message has inspired you to take a next step in your walk with Jesus. For more messages or to watch our full worship gathering on demand, visit us online at mountzionwesleyan.com.